Welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 190. I am Alex. And I'm Christina. And we are having a bad day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking head has been killing me for six hours straight. I had a migraine waking up, guys. I'm sorry I'm yelling at you in the morning. So I love you all. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm a little off today, just understand that I am I'm like even me just talking louder is like destroying my brain. But I can't give up on the podcast. That's the one thing every week that I will not let pass. OK, so it's going to happen whether I like it or not. OK, <laughs> for the sake of you guys. Donate now. <laughs> anyway, guys, we got a good show for you. We're going to be talking about two movies today. We kind of just did a grab bag of stuff, just stuff that we wanted to see. Now, these two movies that we're going to be talking about today are considered to be mostly thrillers. But I personally feel that a lot of horror fans are into thrillers and maybe not realize that some people may organize it as horror. Depends on what you think horror is, really. Some people think, oh, only horror movies are are movies that are scary well i'm like i'm not scared by horror movies anymore so are they all not horror <laughs> so am i like you know right. what i mean so but i think it, there are some outer fringe sort of genre films that these are and uh the first one we're going to be talking about today is identity from 2003 with john cusack and we're also going to be talking about time crimes from 2007 that's right so it's going to be fun we're going to talk about it we enjoyed watching these films we'll talk about whether or not you know what we think of each of these films of course but how are you Christina, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, terrible. Yeah, Good. as mentioned before. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to have uh, some personality here. I even called off the stream. Usually what I do, guys, is I'll like record the episode with Christina and then I'll go and do a Twitch stream like an hour later. So I called that off today because my fucking head, dude. But but you're better than me. She's been taking care of me. Thank you, by the way. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been a little asshole. Yep. But it's it's really <laughs> frustrating when you're writhing around in agony and you can't get comfortable. Like migraines really just uh So ugh. yelling at your girlfriend helps. I didn't yell. There's no way I would have yelled because it would have hurt my head. <laughs> you know what I mean. Microaggressions. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! Neat. Yelling is fun. <laughs> Yay! 
So, of the two movies we watched today, now, it doesn't always necessarily mean that when we pick a movie to do a shot for, it just... It's just what we want to do a shot for and what makes more sense sometimes. So this week, we're going to be doing a shot based on the movie Time Crimes. And this week, it's called a paradox shot or a paradoja shot, if you want to speak in Spanish. But what is in a paradox shot? Well, in the movie, there is some time travel. Paradoxical. I will not spoil anything for you at this point. But let's just say that there's some weird things that happen with time. And, of course, we wanted to make a shot based around it. So what is in a paradox shot from Time Crimes? We've got Red Bull. It's Well, it's first off, it's a Jaeger bomb. Oh, okay. So technically what you're going to be doing, but it's a, it's a, it's a different type of Jaeger bomb. We like spiced it up a little, made it BTV style. So it is a Jaeger bomb. We do, you take pour one shot separately of Jaeger. Of Jaeger. And you fill up a cup that will be able to take, you can drop a shot in with three fourths Red Bull and one fourth strawberry margarita mix because <laughs> that's what we have we were going to and if you have this you could just fill it up with a, a, a full cup with a strawberry rock star it's called like whipped strawberry we were trying to get but i've been sick all day so i we didn't go to get it or anything like that and we're not even going to be taking the shots here today but we are going to do it this week and put up a video for you guys to show you that you know we do drink this shit (laughs) but just have fun with it because i do want to try it but so so if you have the ingredients you can do strawberry rock star whipped rock star whipped cream rock star something like that and do one cup of that and then drop your jägermeister in that and slam it and that is a paradox shot. But if you want to do it our way, you could do it that way too. And that's just three fourths of a cup of rock star with one fourth of a cup strawberry margarita mix. And boom, BTV. Horse shot. Horse shot. <laughs> so uh, if you would like to find out the ingredients for this or just, uh, you know, remind yes. yourself, you can always go to our longlivethevoid.com to check out our hashtag horseshot section now. That's it for Horror Shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of identity from 2003 and time crimes from 2007. Had to add one in there. Right <laughs> now. All right, so Christina's done the uh, work on this one. You want to go ahead and kick it off? I can kick it off. Kick it off. What does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, kick, is that you a get foot- a kick off. Like, what does it technically mean? Isn't that like a football term? Yeah, probably. Kick, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a sports thing. Yes, it's Unless it's some thing. like crazy racist thing or something like that. And we've been using it wrong for all these years. Because I think about that stuff, you know? Like, we say something. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, there's things that we've said that belong. Like, um, Ashes, ashes, we all Yeah, yeah, fall just down. like weird things. Like one of the ones that I always remember is from a movie was uh, Boondock Saints, where they talk about the rule of thumb. And it was like you could beat a woman within an inch of her life or something like that. Like technically, there's these terms that just stuck. 
mm-hmm. and that we don't even really know what their meanings are and where they originated from, and they don't even represent the or- origins that they are. So I just think it's kind of interesting, like, why that is. But anyway, continue on. Sorry for interrupting. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Let's kill s- some birds with some stones. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's right. racist, by the way. Is it? No. <laughs> But shouldn't you know? <laughs> Go ahead, Christina. Are you Continue. sure? Yeah, I don't know. That's the point. That's why I'm saying okay. what I said. Identity is about, the synopsis is, stranded in a desolate Nevada motel during a nasty rainstorm, 10 strangers become acquainted with each other when they realize that they're being killed off one by one. Shit. <laughs> tagline is the secret lies within in <laughs> within in within in the secret lies Oof. within in that's terrible isn't it yeah why yeah it's pretty well because it's know, like a, it's a little plot. wink it's like hello yeah, it's like, <laughs> do you know what we're talking about bet you don't we're deep sounds weird right <laughs> uh identity was directed by james mangold who has also done the wolverine Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, which I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Girl Interrupted and Walk the Line, that Johnny Cash movie. Wait, that's the writer? No, that is the director. Oh, okay, good. Because I'm, I'm getting confused because the, the writer of this movie is a director of a movie that I really like and we watch every Christmas. Right. So and you're talking about Michael Cooney, who wrote this movie, and he also wrote Jack Frost 1 and 2. He also wrote a movie called Six Souls. Right. And it's a Jack Frost, you know, horror movie, not the the cool, oh, the... fun Michael Keaton one. Right. <laughs> Whimsical Michael Keaton movie. <laughs> I forgot about that Michael yeah. Keaton movie. Um, this movie stars John Cusack, who plays Ed. John, everybody knows John Cusack. What's your favorite John Cusack movie? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, my well, mine is the Raven, and really, yes, I really like. I like fourteen oh three better than the Raven. Yeah, I don't remember that movie, but I also like twenty twelve because he was fourteen oh three. I think is that Stephen King story where he's up in a hotel, right? Where he's like a writer of fiction, and it's like really meta and like all over the place. But yeah, anyway, continue. Anyway, Ray Liotta, who plays Rhodes, of course, he was in Goodfellas. He was in Hannibal, and recently he's been in a show called Shades of Blue. Amanda Pete, Amanda Pete, who plays Paris, she was also in 2012 with John Cusack. Yeah, you're not going to Paris tonight. <laughs> Do you think they named her character Paris after? Just to have that? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. Okay, anyway. She was also in The Whole Nine Yards, Saving Silverman. Recently, she was in a show called Brock. Meyer, which was a few seasons in, and I've never even heard of it. Sounds familiar. I've seen her in stuff. Clea Duvall, who plays Jeannie. Um, she was in The Faculty. Also, Girl Interrupted, who you know directed this movie too. She was really popular, like for a little while back in that time frame. Right. Lots right. of teen movies and stuff. She was yeah. in The Grudge. I totally forgot she was in The Grudge from two thousand. Yeah, well, and I thought she had stopped acting because I was so used to seeing her with the blonde hair. Like I was saying that through the movie, yeah, I was like, whatever didn't... happened to her? Anyway, I'm like, she's still acting, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because more recently she was in that Liz- Lizzie Bord- Borden Chronicle. Think so, so, yeah. Yeah, with Christina Ricci. Anyway, and John C. McGinley, who plays George. Of course, he was in Scrubs. That's what he's known for. I also forgot he was in Point Blank and Stan against. Gross Point Blank, you mean? 
No, Point Break. Point Break. Oh, okay. And Stand Against Evil and the Belko Experiment. Yeah. He was like the creepy guy in the uh in the Belko Experiment. Right. He's great. He He's he just is. like a really good character actor. Right. And he was different in this movie, too. Um, the budget on this movie was $28 million. Mm-hmm. And it grossed $52 million. Wow. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I thought it got 90 worldwide, maybe. Oh, maybe it was worldwide. This is just yeah. domestic. Was this your first time seeing this movie? Of course not. No, I've seen this in the past couple of times. And what do you think of this movie? First, I just want to say, as I was going up the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. What the? I don't understand that. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even, it didn't grasp it's me. It's just something that is supposed to be mysterious, I'm sure. But it, I have some trivia on that. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so this isn't my first time watching. Like I said, I've seen this a couple of times in the past, but it has been a little bit of time since I've seen it. This is the first time, of course, reviewing it also. Super memorable movie, in my opinion, that is kind of hard to discuss without spoiling it, guys. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to do my best here. But here goes. And, I, and I'm going to keep it brief. So just just understand my enthusiasm or not enthusiasm if there is some. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is a high concept movie masked as a straightforward killer on the loose kind of film. It's been called an American psychological slasher. And I sort of agree with that to some degree in some regards. But. Ultimately, it's a mystery thriller with horror movie elements. Uh, I also think it has a great cast, some really great performances and some pretty crafty writing, which is surprising because when you think about the guy who wrote Jack Frost, sure, it's pretty crafty writing. And there's some really funny jokes in that in that movie. The first one, the second one. Ooh, boy, uh-huh. is that a scorcher? I, I don't even think I can make it through. But Michael Cooney, I think, did a really good job on this. And it's surprising that he wrote this. But um, there is some some people that say that it is kind of borrowed from Ag- Agatha Christie novel. Um, in the beginning, anyway, um, and then it turns into its own thing. I would think that that the writing in this film would actually have put him up in the writing scene in Hollywood a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. because it did do pretty well and it was a pretty popular film. It's definitely more memorable than I think some people give it credit. Uh, I thought that there were some pretty outstanding performances in this, considering that this is just there's just so many fucking characters with really strong parts and they all seem to really flow and work together really well, like a very good thriller with storytelling or any of those movies where like all of these characters with side stories come together and one like thing you know like what was that one movie we watched the at the old royale or whatever the fuck it is there's it's like that tarantino-esque kind of thing right where they they tell all these separate stories and then they all converge into one big story it makes me think of four rooms yes exactly that's what i mean it's kind of like that but it's not in segments like that of course john cusack obviously is pretty great in this too i think this is excellent work by him personally uh he's gotten a little bit older these days you know and it's kind of harder to see him in those roles and like he i don't know there's something about john cusack when he plays a serious role he does a really good job i think right he's good in comedy too though so it's kind of interesting because like he was good in a hot tub time machine which is just weird i don't remember plus ray liotta i think does a great job too it's it's just good in general i think Mm -hmm. one could probably argue that it takes its time getting to the good stuff but you know it's it's done the way it needs to be done in order to pack the punch this movie offers for its grand finale 
which might also coincidentally make this one a movie you pop on with further distances between the watches because you may by the end it's like one of those oh kind of movies Mm -hmm. that you're like well i probably can't watch this every year right you know but it it, but if it wasn't for the strong performances it would be harder to watch rewatch in general i think right um you know, because once the jig is up, the more time and the distance you put between the movie, seeing it again, it, the better off it ends up. And even in my recollection, I actually was like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. So I was kind of like watching out for the different like clues mm-hmm. in the film while you were watching it for your first time. So still, I like it a lot. I'd say it's at least an eight. Mm-hmm. It's not gory, but it's a cool, really crafty concept that I think anyone can appreciate at least once. Right. You know, even if you you wouldn't watch it again and maybe that counts for scores on other people's like scores in their minds or on their reviews, they may score it lower because they wouldn't watch it so often. But I still think it's an eight movie. I think it's well done. Caught me off guard. And I like some of the kind of darkness to it mm-hmm. and how some of the it happens. It kind of goes for it. Um, this this movie, by the way, is available for rent or you can watch it as a seven day free trial from stars through Amazon. That's what we did. Yeah. And it wasn't on Tubi or anything like that, but I'm sure you could probably find it in any one of your digital retailers to watch online somewhere if you wanted or probably find a DVD or cheap Blu-ray or something. Do you own this? No. Do we? Oh, OK. No. And I always get this one and that other movie with uh, Bill Paxton. Uh, that he did about his kids and stuff and like thinking they were demons and shit. Oh, what's that? I don't know. It's one with him with an axe. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I think we covered it once years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but what did you think? I'm curious to hear what you think. This is your first time watching. Which is weird, but I found out why I never watched this movie. But like the way you think of horror movies from the 80s and 70s is what I think about 90s in the 2000 movies. Really? Yeah, I really do. What do you mean by that? I don't, I don't know if I quite well, follow. Because you really, like what I'm saying is the way you feel about 80s, 70s, and 80s Oh, you like movies, these kind of movies, yeah. Yes, I prefer 90s and Because I like wading through the 80s. Yeah, that's what I'm right. talking about. Okay. And then I couldn't, I didn't realize why I never saw this movie, but then I remember like, oh, 2003, and I had to think about it. I was like, oh, I was in a relationship at the time, and the guy didn't watch horror movies, so I did it. <laughs> I was young and Oh, there's stupid. your problem right there. Yeah, exactly. So What a piece was... of shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. But <laughs> uh, I don't even really care. <laughs> so, I'm glad, <laughs> so I'm glad I got to watch this movie. I like this movie. Um, I did feel like I would have enjoyed it more if I saw it when it came out because it is a little dated. Yeah, I mean, you could totally tell it's a movie from the 2000s because of the the way it glows. Right, but they they use a lot of different old stuff in there to kind of like obscure the date. Almost. Do you know? Like it could but they had kind the of cell- floats in time. Like the cell phones were from that era. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, stuff like that. And the way they, oh, the way that they dressed. And she was in those hip hugging, like, oh. which only from like 2000 to 2005. Right. And, the, and, then the, and then the young couple were kind of like still dragging the 90s into the 2000s almost. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, let it couple. go, buddy. Let it go. <laughs> Lip gloss. And yeah. All the girls. Yeah. Class. Well, the hairstyle of hers is totally nineties, oh, anyway. Totally. So to- all of them, yeah. all of them. But yeah, but I did. I like this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it, it it tries to be clever and misleading, but 
uh, the best parts were in the beginning, and le- it did get a little, it, like you said, it did drag for me. Mm-hmm. And then once things started to unravel, it kind of started falling apart for me. And I, towards the end, I mean, okay, it, you know, I I didn't really grasp. So you didn't like the thing. grand finale? Um, I liked like half of it, but I think I don't know. I thought it could have been done better. And I think other movies had have taken this concept and done a better job with it mm-hmm. but i can't even think of a movie before this that did this type of thing especially for this time you know for the segment of what happens at the end is kind of was kind of new in a way i think you know but mm-hmm. but it is it's a good psychological thriller and it had blood in it yeah. which is nice the kills were really nice yeah um but yeah i would probably watch it again probably not every year Maybe in the background, but I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought you would like this a, a little bit more than that, but yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah you were. I mean, I kind of asked her. I was like, "So, did you enjoy it?" She's like now, okay. so she won't give me a score. She'll just tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And I can kind of base <laughs> off what her score is going to be a little bit. <laughs> how, how close was were you? Uh yeah. I mean it. it that's pretty much what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Like the way your response was. But I'm really good at reading people when it comes to stuff like that. Like the <laughs> intonation and how they say things like really echoes in my head and I think about it. Oh, good. So now that I know that, I'll think about that the next time you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll try to throw me off. I'll try to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> but so between the two of us, I said eight. She said seven. So it's a 7.5 between both of us. I think that's pretty fair. Um, I think it's I think it's one of those movies that like eights to me are like movies that I think are good movies that I will watch. Regu- like, you know, I won't be afraid to pull off the shelf. I won't question it. Right. But they're also movies that could have been great that weren't just that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I have Ready or Not, like is one of those movies. Right. Brightburn. A lot of potential there, but didn't go to the greatness level 100%, even though I love the movie. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. I love these movies. It's just, right. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we do have some trivia and things to talk about, some sort of, uh, you know, information on the movie. And we got some scenes that we're going to bring up. Uh, both of these movies, we're not going to go down the route of the whole, you know, 80s, so bad it's good route where we make fun of the movie. We do, we will make fun of stuff, obviously, but I just mean we're not going to break down the whole movie like we do with with older movies that we typically do because those ones are kind of fun to do. Right. But this one and these ones are really twisty movies, guys, that we're going to be talking about. So twisty. So if we were to break them down, it would get a little bit much. So highly recommend you check it out. I think a 7.5 is pretty good for anybody that wants to check out a movie that maybe they missed back in the day. If you're one of those people that never did get to check it out. If you're a fan of John Cusack, I'd say check it out. Definitely. I think it's one of the top few movies that he's done that you know are, are are well within liking the guy like 1408 is one of my favorites of his mm-hmm. uh in horror so anyway so without further ado we're gonna get into our spoilers and trivia here is your warning so is there anything you want to say off the bat first off that about the movie doesn't have to be super spoilerific or anything like that but that you just would, would like maybe we, maybe we can talk about the ending or um, something like that you know what so towards the beginning i've noticed like they tried to kind of it seemed like they were trying to do like a quentin tarantino thing where they would they kept going back mm-hmm. it's like the, I, he was trying to connect each character's story together right i think they kept, cut a lot out that's what it seems like to yeah, me. yeah that that too they tried to make it real but tightly packed if you think about it 
that didn't really have much to cut out because you know the ending of the whole well, concept. Well, there you was know? some stuff I read that they they did cut out mm-hmm. a lot because like that story about the 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 girl who was a a working girl. She that guy. That she was like, oh, in the beginning, in the beginning where she tied him up and was like going through his wallet or was about to kill him or whatever was one of the other identities to that to that guy. Right. Right. So, yeah. And if you guys are listening now, this is pretty spoilerific because, yeah, I'm just going to give you warnings because like you are going to ruin this film. It, the, the, the best thing about this film is pretty much not knowing. Right. Until the end. Right. But they halfway through kind of tell you. They kind of yeah, tell you in the beginning, too. So I guess it's not that bad. Yeah, you kind of you kind of get the point. Well, if you watch the title through. screen, the opening stuff, uh-huh. and you watch the articles and stuff, right. you can kind of piece it together. I totally right. did. It was like ID number one, ID character number two. Right. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then they talk about him having multiple personalities and all this other stuff in it. So what did you think of that angle, though, with this movie and kind of how they physically put the the different characters in his mind into one hotel setting did you like that yeah i guess so i want to know what this procedure that they were doing uh for it was like they were talking about the doctor that was like you know working on this patient who has all this dissociative disorder which is what they call it now they don't even call it multiple personality disorder anymore it's dissociative disorder uh right i think so yeah pretty sure that's the uh, multiple personalities like ibs right (laughs) Where a dissociative disorder well, is IBS, isn't that internal bowel syndrome? Yeah, but a lot of people say, "Oh, I got IBS." Oh, I see. But there's like celiacs, and then there's like cancer or ulcers, and then there's like all these categories of different things under right. IBS. Right. Multiple personality disorder also has like a uh, oh mul- multiple different levels. Yeah, different of, levels of stuff right. too. So, and I think it's also like PC to say dissociative disorder. Right. Um. But um, I mentioned earlier about the Agatha Christie thing. Yeah. So Identity is not a direct remake of the novel called And Then There Were None, sometimes uh-huh. known as Ten Little Indians uh-huh. by Agatha Christie. So the film takes different plot points from the story. The dialogue even references that movie where the 10 strangers went to an island and then they all died one by one. Although the play and film adaptations give the story a happy ending, Identity keeps the original novel's ending where the killer is revealed as one of the victims who faked their death and where no one survives the incident. Though by the novel's account, the killer commits suicide after convincing the last survivor to kill himself kill themselves as well Mm -hmm. so interesting Mm -hmm. i don't i never i mean i haven't if i did read agatha christie it was probably because my mom read it you (laughs) Uh, know what i mean like that was like her shit you know what i mean like you know what was a good multiple personality type of thing remember that show united states of Terra? yeah that was such a good show. Well, that just showed her acting chops. That really was what the show was. I don't yeah. know to the validity of like how they present the fucking mental disorder or whatever, you know, like, I don't know if it's like true dissociative disorder to be that way or not. Right. But it but is really still, fascinating. It fascinating. Yeah. It is. It's fascinating that you can create these characters in your own mind. Right. And it almost seems so real that it like possesses you. Like, yeah. You possess you it's almost. like you're being possessed by like 20 different people, which right. is they even do it in like the movie. I don't know if you remember the movie moving with richard pryor no i don't remember um yeah um who's the guy who's in wayne's world who plays um garth dana carvey dana carvey plays a guy with multiple personalities that goes to pick up 
Richard Pryor's car to uh-huh. take it out to Idaho. And he's got so many different personalities. The one that he meets is this perfect guy, but he has like all these different personalities. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to choke every single one of your fucking personalities. Because <laughs> he d- ends up destroying the car. Spoiler uh-huh. alert, but it's funny. Um, that thing where I, we were talking about as I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish I wish he'd go away. Is the main uh, the, the, the person whose mind these characters are coming from who's by shaky eyes what's his name again i forgot oh vincent something or another hold on shaky eyes pruitt taylor vince is his name i actually met him yeah you did well go ahead tell the story it was like comic-con san diego comic-con oh god it was oh nine or or ten i forget yeah he's always recognizable Oh, yeah, totally. He always he played those, nice like, characters too. off to the side a little bit. Right. Uh, and th- he's had some really good roles. I think he was... Uh, he was in Heroes. He was in he that was movie in a- where... Oh, what was that movie where they're like, oh, I think he was in Bye Bye Man. You're right. He was. He was the guy that was mm-hmm. tracking down and finding the information yep. or something, was he? Yep. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Okay. I because I was like. Oh, Not a great movie, but, you know, it's cool to see him yeah, show his chops. He's that guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. you don't know his name, but you always see him everywhere. Well, the, the, the thing that he says there, the whole poem about going up the stairs and I wish he'd go away and everything is actually a written poem. Uh, it's a poem titled Antigonish by William Hughes Mearns. Uh, it's also been turned into a popular song, giving it widespread attention. Mm-hmm. So it isn't something he made up in his mind. I'm wondering why they chose to say that in the script, though, because he's like the, the doctor's like, where did you hear that? And he's like, I made it up in my mind. You made it up in your what? Your mean? In his mind. Did I say me? <laughs> it sounded like it. Sorry. Well, sorry. I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> um, huh. That's interesting. The majority of the movie was shot on an, uh, a huge soundstage, which is no surprise. We figured that yeah, out. We, we were talking yeah. about that while we were watching it. I was like, it. that rain is it's studio. that look. That studio rain. <laughs> yeah. It's got that look, you know, right. like you can kind of tell. Um, but it was done in Culver City, the same studio, the Sony Studios, that was uh, the set for the Emerald City in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. So. Cool. Yeah. In the first draft, the killer was a female teacher from Australia. And they decided that a female teacher who was a serial killer may not go down too well with some of the parent groups that we're right. going to be reviewing this or, you know, right. probably rating yeah. this movie or something. Right. It's just so funny, like thinking back now to those times. Yeah. And like how fragile everything, you know what I mean? Like, like how different it is from today. It's, so, it's always fragile in some way or another. Right. But it's also sometimes more fragile now than it was before in some right. areas, like with how you like what is per- correct or not. You know what I mean? Like what uh, issues you discuss. Yeah, it just might or it might just be who's. Who's the president? Well, and also, also because, you know, like a lot of uh, movies now, big time movies, they'll have like advisors who come on the set right. to talk about specific things. Right. And, you know, you it's know, almost like to like deflect any kind of like. You know, Marsha Clark does that. Really? Yeah. She's like an advisor on TV shows and stuff. She's. Yeah. She goes in and says, you know, that's not what they would do. Or, yeah, they do, they do that with writing teams now. Like, they mm-hmm. sit down and help them write and, like, edit, edit their stuff to make it more. Yeah, realistic. Yeah. 
So, and it's like, that's one thing. If I were to write, like, I think I have some pretty cool concepts, but writing dialogue for characters uh-huh. is a whole nother world, guys. Oh, like, yeah, ideas you, are easy. You could tell in some of the movies we watch yeah, like, that when the dialogue just sucks. Right. And then in this it's movie, I think they did a really good job. Oh, yeah, they totally did. Like, it was very yeah. nuanced. It felt real. It felt, uh, you know, a little bit more characterized, but right. it was good. Right. It was good. Um. But that's pretty much it. Um, that's all I have, you know, for the 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 stuff. I don't have the Blu-ray or anything like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I do have some trivia tucked into some of the scenes that we'll be talking about here. There was a scene in the very beginning when because like John Cusack's character in this movie is a limo driver named Ed. And Ed is driving one of the prima donna fucking actresses who is past her prime. Mm-hmm. And she's still hanging on to it by her by being bitchy and pretending it still exists, even though it's really not as good as she says it is, which is a little meta-ness, you know, like right. in the in the film, you know, like film within a film. Right, right. So um, but there's an accident. They hit the mom. You find that out. <laughs> she, <laughs> that was like, oh, my God, dude, she goes flipping up over the hood <laughs> and shit and then rolls off the back. And the kid's all like putting his hand up on the on the window, Mommy. which is. He was getting her set up. Yeah, right. To, to kill her. Hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I realize that now. It was the stronger identity that was like. Right. Who was kinda, controlling everything. Right. He was like the god of that world. Right. Pretty much. Which is interesting, like, that the kid is. Yeah. You know, because it's all the same person, right? That was a creepy kid. He really is. You know who he looked like to me is Balthazar Getty. Like Who's a that? really young Balthazar Getty. Who's that? Well, I always remember him from Lost Highway, but he was in Twin Peaks, Feast. He was in a ton of stuff. Oh, are you are you talking about the small guy? Mm, I don't I don't in know about Twin this. Peaks. I don't know, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, if you guys know what I'm talking about, shout out. She's she's missed entire 2000s. I guess what was it? 90s and 2000s. It, no, it was really only like 2001 to 2004. Oh, okay. All right. That's where I missed. That's where I was sheltered. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> I th- he did look creepy, and I just he just looked like his face just looked like a. Is it Balthazar Getty or I don't know? There's somebody that looks like similar to that kid, and and I felt like that was the younger version. But I'm like, this is 2003, so he's probably like, you know, he's like pretty old now. He's in his 20s now, so it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> But there's a scene where the kid, he pushes her, she he touches the thing, and the mom goes over the hood, and he asks the kid for a towel in the middle of the fucking rain, by the way. <laughs> Did you notice yeah. that? I was We were laughing, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. But I was like, a towel? <laughs> He's like, here, keep her dry with that. <laughs> I'm like, it's literally downpouring right now. Right. There's no like anything blocking it the towel's already soaked by the time he pulls it out of the car but so i just thought that was funny i don't know well didn't he say stay here keep her dry he said keep her dry yeah he's like tells the, the dad rain. to keep her dry yeah i was like okay that made laying no on sense. the ground in the puddle yeah some of this stuff didn't didn't make i'm sure it was just like sense. written that way and they didn't like logistically think about it right. maybe it was like a decision to make it rain right. on the whole set because they did talk about that a little bit and how they wanted it to be rainy rain on me right e- e- rain on okay me. all right all right <laughs> I also love that the pampered actress is a Karen the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) 
She was a Karen before there were any Karens. Yeah, I know. She was the original Karen. Uh, no, there's probably many. Um, but John Cusack's character is not taking any of her shit, and I fucking love it. Like, he's just pulling her out of the car. Okay, now here's here's something. I don't mean to jump ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just a little bit. So, so one thing I didn't understand is that they got in the car, they went to the hotel to drop her her ass off mm-hmm. and th- they didn't have a phone at the hotel so he's like okay well i'll just i'll drive you stay here i'm gonna drive to the hospital right it's like wouldn't you want to drive her to the hospital no I mean, because like what, go, what if but... they had to stay there the whole time she's pampered he was telling her to stay at the hotel oh no i well no that i understand but why didn't you take the injured woman with you to the hospital why did you because leave he was afraid to move there? her or something so see that didn't make any sense to me i would well they tell you not to move her and they were moving her around yeah quite they a were bit, they so. were like flinging her around the shoulder and carrying her and all yeah. this shit but that um, didn't make any sense to me I, but it didn't have to make sense because it wasn't real <laughs> yeah there was uh then of course you know you get introduced to the characters pretty fast so it's like yeah they're just kind of like kind of just check making the checkpoints like and all there was of them. a lot of characters like i didn't even say everyone else who, there really like, was jake Busey was in this movie which i like jake Busey. yeah he's pretty good in this too he plays crazy like really good well he's just got that crazy look about him you know he was in the fucking that's why they picked him for peter jackson film the frighteners uh-huh. Because he just looks like a quirky bad guy. It frighteners. Is that a Stephen King? No. I can't It's a Peter Jackson movie. Oh, you just said that. Yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's based off of in anything, but it's got fucking uh, Michael J. Fox in it and everything. Right. Yeah. I haven't seen I it I love forever. that movie. Of course that, you do. I, I honestly think that... that um, Jeffrey Combs, that's probably one of his better characters that he's mm-hmm. played. Like, I know a lot of people love Reanimator, but after rewatching Frighteners so many times, he does, he makes that movie Frighteners so much better. I can't. My even... body is a roadmap of pain. <laughs> I don't remember that movie. We watched it at your parents' house. We did? Or we watched it at a cabin when we went to the cabin. Oh, was I asleep? I don't know. We Probably. watched it with your dad, and he was like, it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you watch stupid movies. You watch stupid movies. <laughs> remember when he told us that shit? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, Jesus, Dad. <laughs> anyway, sorry, guys. <laughs> this is funny. There was that scene where the cop, he's holding uh, the criminal or whatever, and he comes up behind the Paris girl, Amanda Pete. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, she's like getting food out of the vending machine, and then the cop comes up behind her and asks her name. And she says, Paris. And he says, huh, never been. She said, well, you ain't going tonight. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> it is really. And like I said, you probably she probably wanted to name her that just so right. she could. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For that specific joke. That's pretty clever writing, I thought. It's, it's brilliant. But that, you know, that is kind of the Jack Frosty guy, you know, that, uh-huh. you know, there was some pretty clever writing in Jack Frost, uh-huh. even if it is tongue in cheek silliness. <laughs> um. But you find out he's the bad guy later on because he's got like a bullet hole in the back of his shirt when he changes his jacket or something. Really, they're all bad guys. Right. But then Ed, the limo driver, he comes back, obviously, because they can't get anywhere because the runoff of the 
water is like flooded and they can't drive anywhere, which is pretty much the confines of this guy's mind. Right. Or the experiment that they're doing on his mind. That's what I was talking about. They were doing some were sort of experiment. Wrapping the personalities together. Right. To bring them together for the very first time. He talks about that a couple of times in the movie. Right. So they can kill. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so Ed comes into the dryer room in the hotel and he stops the dryers one at a time, which I thought was kind of a cool little scene there. I mm-hmm. thought that was like neat how, you know, it was really noisy in there. And then he shut, he opens the one and then he opens another one and he keeps hearing this thud, 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 thud. thud. And it's, of course, the head of that, <laughs> of the, cool. of his, uh, of the lady he's driving around. So it's like pretty funny when you see her head in there and they open it up and he's just like not phased by it as much. Mm-hmm. He's just like, uh, and that's when you find out he was a cop in the past. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like his personality got mixed up with the other one that pretends to be a cop at some point in time. Right. You Probably. know what I mean? There was this really great scene, by the way, that I really love where you're the the doctor, the guy who has all these personalities, because they keep cutting back to this like courtroom or something. You know what I mean? It's where like they, a lawyer's office. Or yeah. Something. Well, it's like Talk the courthouse. It's yeah. like the courthouse where they sit and they talk and they do negotiations with lawyers behind the scenes or whatever and litigation bullshit. And they call in this judge in the middle of the fucking night. And he's all pissed. Yeah. It's Donnie Dark. Goes dad, by the way, that guy uh, who is a really good in this scene. I think it's one of the better scenes in the movie because just how he acts, he's like talking about how he had to come down here in the middle of the night and he said it better be fucking goddamn worth it or some shit like that. And it's like, it's really funny. Like in a way his performance does, it's just, I don't know. Right. I really liked, I wish I could have seen more of him in this movie. Right. But that was like his one big speaking line. Um, yeah, I know. That was like it. Yeah. There was the scene with the boyfriend and Ginny who dies when she's locked in the bathroom. And my God, I wanted to punch the television when she was screaming all the time. Yeah, she was kind of annoying. It was a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been in relationships where, where weird shit, you know what I mean? Like, or been around relationships, at least, that have well, been like that it, toxic. Well, it's that young couple type of thing. Thing. Like right. they're a young couple, they Trying just got to married. Force oh, a she, square peg into a round yeah, hole. Oh, she lied about being pregnant. Yeah, so, just so they could get married because she wanted because to keep him because he was like oh, cheating on her, cheating on her or, or some shit. Yeah, it's like this. Why would you? She was having that fit though, and, and I just was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> then he gets killed. Uh, yeah, the suspect, the the prison prisoner, Jake Busey plays. They think did it because he, he escaped. Yeah, because he gets out of there, and they eventually lock and shut down the him in the diner and like lock him up with his arms behind him around a pole or some shit like that. Which later you see a, a pretty cool scene where they used a fake dummy, obviously, to kind of make it so they jam a fucking bat down his throat. That was cool. That, that was, was cool favorite. looking. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. But it, it, it all happens off camera, so it's like yeah, I wish kind of an afterthought. But th- then they would have had to show who killed him, and that right. would have spoiled the whole thing. Well, they could have done the giallo way and just used black gloves. But then you would have seen <laughs> little boy hands, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Want to play? Come play with me, Daddy. Little, little Chucky hands. No fair. No fair. Pet cemetery. <laughs> The cage, I love you. <laughs> no fair, <prayer>, daddy. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, the, but that was a cool thing. Funny story on that whole fucking situation. Uh, the life-size dummy was created to depict uh, the murdered character, obviously, that Jake plays. One of the studio execs actually asked to keep the dummy as a souvenir and stored it in his office closet. And one night... <laughs> A cleaning lady oh came and opened the closet and was like frightened so bad <laughs> that they had to he had to remove the dummy from the offices <laughs> after that because it scared her so bad. That is totally something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, what did I fucking work at? Like, what the hell? He's a monster. <laughs> it's it's like when you go stay in a hotel room before you leave, you roll up all the sheets together to look like a dead body. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would be freaked out if I saw that in a oh, closet yeah, suddenly. That one. Hell yeah. I'd be but like, oh like, my God, what is this guy doing? She must have been new at the job because there's no way that nobody would have seen that. Right. You know? Anyway. Well, it was in the closet. It was Maybe next to his real doll or something in the office. <laughs> <laughs> he fucks its mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I always have to take it there. Always got to go there. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Oh, this is the part where the dad, the, the, the mom, the one that got hit by the car in the beginning, the stepfather of the kid of the mom who got hit and dies, which right. we find out later. But before she dies, the manager of the hotel, who's actually not the manager and actually just took over the establishment because some guy was dead in his pot pie when he came there and he was down on his luck from losing in Vegas or whatever. He freaks out because everybody's trying to pin it on him and then gets in a truck and guns it through the <laughs> fucking parking lot. And the little kid is standing there. Uh, and the stepfather tries to save him, uh, McGinley, the mm -hmm. guy that plays, you know, the dad. And he steps in front of him to push the kid out of the way. But the kid's just like moves out of the way he's perfectly. Like, huh? Yeah. He's like he knew what was going to happen. The situation. And the way that McGinley gets fucking hit and slammed into the wall, That's which cool. was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And then and then. Like, after that happens, you're thinking, like, they would have backed the truck up, right? Yeah, to see if he's still to, alive. To, to anything. Like, not to just to not have a body mangled on the thing, but I guess police business. I don't know. 20 minutes later, they pull him away from the fucking car. Yeah, yeah because they wanted to look for the goddamn key. Right, because everybody that bodies. dies gets a room key, Which even is, if it's not their room. That, that is so, that was ridiculous to me. It's this just little a kid little... is going around planting keys on bodies. <laughs> Like, well, I don't even know that it was. It could have been used. It could have been the mind. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. He wasn't planting keys. He was on like, people. oh, I killed this guy. I'm going to put a key. <laughs> it's just one of those mysterious things. It's kind of trying to treat it like a giallo or a fucking slasher film. Oh, okay. You know, just to kind of like throw you off to give you if that you mystery kind throw, of like throw you off yeah it's it's like in, in, a, in a way it's very much like that that's why that, that was probably my favorite scene is when he got hit by the car that was fucking cool uh, it really was but they find a key on that guy and then ed the limo driver tells the girlfriend and the kid to leave and just keep driving because he suspects that the cop is the killer or something like that because they find that there's something up with the cop and they realize that he's not a cop or a something. Cop. Like little things like he didn't use something like a towel to pick something up or you know what I mean? Like he's right. he's just making little mistakes that an ex-cop would notice. 
Right. Um, but he tells them to leave and they run around the car and in the car fucking explodes. <laughs> Which I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like they killed them off fast. Well, Which is the, the crux of the whole thing because they're like, oh, well, now we can remove the kid. So you're not even thinking about the kid anymore. Right. And they, and they just disappear. They don't even find his body or the, the other girl's body. Right. Mm-hmm. They did find a key, though, didn't they? I don't know. I forget. Then all the bodies disappear after that. Oh, that's right. So they go to each room where everybody died and all the bodies are gone. Oh, and then didn't they find out they all had the same birthday? They do. May 10th. Everybody yeah. finds out that they're, you know, including all the missing dead people who had to use their IDs at the front at the <laughs> hotel. Right. To get a scanned copy of their ID so that they could, you know, they find out that everybody has May 10th birthdays and every single one of them is from the, their last name is the state of which they reside. Oh, that's why she was named Paris. Yeah. No. Because her name was Paris oh. Washington or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh, state. Yeah, it was okay. the state in which they lived. Yeah. Um. Someone did the math on the odds of this, by the way, happening that, oh, that, that, that this many people will actually meet in real life having the same birthday at one event like this. Uh-huh. And the odds of 10 characters having the same birthday are approximately one in 115 sextillion. Wow. <laughs> like, of course somebody did the math how, on this dumb shit. How many people do you know with your same birthday? Uh, I have three. I had, I, I used to have a birthday party. Right. But it's with the, two other people, the same day. Rachel and what? What? Oh, are they on the same day? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not the same hour. Well, I know, I know Rachel. Yeah, and we. I've, so, I know and then, quite a few people that had my birthday. Oh wow! Yeah, which kind of takes away from it. To be honest, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really celebrate that much anymore. So it's like whatever. Right. But we used to do like three our three birthdays. We had a party once where we threw this huge event and mm-hmm. just had a blast. Right. Um, the limo guy, Ed, snaps back to the present where they're having the guy with the multiple personality syndrome, the dissociative disorder. They present him with a mirror and he gets completely confused and he's like babbling about, you know, stuff that's happening in the hotel. And then they mention the new experiment and everything like that. And the doctor mentions that the only personality that can survive is the one that's not the killer. Right. And so they have to kill the one that is the murderer right that this guy's getting locked up for because they're essentially fighting over whether or not he goes to a mental asylum or criminal prison right so which they think he belongs in a criminal asylum or something like that and then i'm like how do you prove that the fucking id or personality is dead anyway like how do you prove that but i guess they're so distinct and the writing is so distinct but but if he can connect that many personalities in one he could probably go back and trick people if he wanted exactly which is pretty kind much of what, what happens. happens yeah because you could still that personality could just stay um suppressed right the um back of the hotel the the uh the lady of the night finds the cop is not a cop but a prisoner and he kills the hotel guy and then ed gets into a gunfight the limo driver gets into a gunfight with the fake cop the not cop <laughs> And then they die, leaving the Amanda Peet character to survive, the only surviving identity. Right. Which, by the way, when Ed shoots Rhodes, which is Ray Liotta, at the end of the movie, you can see Rhodes mouth the words, I didn't do this, supposedly. Oh, yeah. really? I didn't notice it either. I wonder why. And then Ed replies, I know. Oh, that's right, because Ed knows that all these 
Yeah, yeah they didn't They're mount. All... They just mouthed it. They didn't right. audibly say it. You right. can't audibly hear it. They were muted because the director felt that this would make it obvious that Rhodes was not the killer, thus making the true climax of oh, Timmy being the killer. Okay, not surprising. Okay, that makes sense. Right. So he just wanted it in there for people who were right. You know, that's I thought smart. that was cool. That's, yeah, that is. That's a good Easter egg. Yeah, it's a nice little little touch. Yeah, little, little film touch. <laughs> little diddle. <laughs> That's terrible. It sounds so bad. Anyway, at the the end, you find out she's doing the orange farm like she's talked about in the movie. Like, I just wanted her to do an orange farm. Stop trying to kill me. (laughs) She goes out and has her orange farm and she's always wanted. And and she digs and finds a hotel key in the dirt. And then Timmy's behind her. Timmy! 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 He disappeared earlier and he shows up and kills her while simultaneously Malcolm is killing the doctor who has granted him to take him to an asylum, which is kind of cool. I I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. It's a little silly, a little. Yeah, that's where it kind of all just is like. It is a little silly, but it's still cool that it went there. I appreciate that a little bit because it is fascinating. There's two things that I always find fascinating. uh, The mind is fascinating. In general. Oh, yeah, totally. The fact that anybody can come up with, you know, different personalities is just interesting. Do you think they really have personalities? Right, or possessions. Because I kind of think they're possessions. Right, that's what I'm saying. it's just a technical term. What if it's like all of his past lives that are like stuffed in there somehow? Yeah, like they couldn't escape or something. Right, or something. When he was traveling through, you know, the beyond or the realm or whatever the fuck you call it and it's just interesting and i like i always get into stuff with sleep too because when i was a kid i was fascinated Mm -hmm. by the fact that i would sleepwalk Mm -hmm. and like not know what i was doing or play a game of chess and not realize it or astro projection yeah i don't know yeah maybe maybe that was my body trying to astrally project right and that's why i like the movie insidious because of stuff like that right you know anyway now you guys are like, what the know, fuck can, are can, you talking about? We can go about? there. We can keep going. <laughs> we can keep going. Anyway, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about to wrap this bitch up with a nice uh, BTV bow. And that is... Time Crimes. Time Crimes with one word, by the way. Time Crimes. From 2007. <laughs> a man accidentally gets into a time machine. Accidentally. How do you accidentally get into Anyway. It happened. We saw it. And travels back in time nearly an hour. Finding himself will be the first of a series of disasters of unforeseeable consequences. And it was an hour and a half. That's what they said in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. And I thought that was short. I thought it was longer than that because it's like getting night to dark really quick. Yeah, it really was. But maybe it was just at dusk. I don't mm. know. But the ta- there is a tagline for this movie. And it's a trip back in time from present to crime. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. This movie was directed and written by Nacho Vigilando. Yep. Obviously, this is a Spanish movie, so I just have to apologize ahead of time about my accent because I don't have one. Well, just mention there's only four characters, really. Yeah, there is. So we'll be good. And actually, the director plays one of those characters. He's a scientist in this movie. Mm -hmm. But he has also done... The Hulu Into the Dark episode called Puka. 
He also did Colossal. Yes, Colossal, which isn't a bad movie. No, I, I remember that. He also did the VHS segment called Parallel Monsters. Oh. Which I think was the second. It was the viral uh, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Which was the one that everybody kind of broke off of. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah. Yeah, but still. At least he was That was it. the weaker of the three, in my opinion. He also did a movie we wanted to see called Extraterrestrial. Yes, it's a comedy, mostly with a UFO backdrop. I watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's like more like them locking themselves in the house going crazy mm-hmm. while the UFOs are destroying the world. Well, we need to watch that. It looks fun. I like stuff like that. But anyway, okay, so this movie stars Cara Elahade, who plays Hector. Um, he was also in a movie called 100 Meters, um, even in the rain. Apparently, he plays a and lot of bad characters, like bad boy, bad people. I could see that. He mm-hmm. he can he. I thought he was going to be the villain. Well, I guess yeah. he's kind of a villain in this movie. He was also in a movie called Killer Housewives. All right, Clara, the wife, is played by Candela Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a lot of uh, TV in Spain, right? Pretty much. Um, okay, the woman in the forest is played by Barbara Gonaga. Also, she's done a lot of TV. The budget for this movie was two point six million. I saw it only grossed five hundred. It's probably because it didn't get a wide distribution. It was probably just test marketed a little bit in the in the area of Spain or whatever. But it got a lot of reward awards for being in the festivals and stuff. Uh huh. So those are probably some of the numbers that they're talking about. And you probably really like this movie, huh? Well, I do. I actually do. But I want to hear your thoughts on this movie. But just to be clear, he wrote and directed this movie. Right. And this is his first feature film. Right. So what did you think? I thought this was a pretty good movie. Right. I was very surprised. There was a couple scenes where I was like, well, I, I kind of knew what was going to happen, but there was so many twists, but they were clever. Mm-hmm. It was a little predictable, but it had enough twist where you liked it and you were like, God damn it, duh. And like further on, you're like something would happen and then you figure out why it happened you're like god damn it i knew that yeah you know what i mean well it's like they leave a little little piece that's like why is that there and then it exactly. then you find and out later go yeah. back to it and you're like oh duh mm-hmm. <laughs> and i like that i like how it tricked me yeah it tricked me with this little twist <laughs> it's kind of good that you didn't know anything about it going in too right, right? I, I really didn't i just knew something happened in time yeah. time travel that's the only thing i knew and it was a very clever way of doing it and the actors were really good especially mm-hmm. for a foreign film like i really believed all of them yeah he's really good with dark comedy mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. i really like that guy who played hector too i really liked his character yeah he is a surprise but i thought it real strong character it really was he really was uh, it was very, very clever and not overly complicated mm-hmm. because it, identity was a little bit complicated. A little bit. But this one. Not I th- really. I don't think so. I think I, this I is more so. complicated than that. I don't think so. But I gave it an eight out of ten. Really? Okay. I really enjoyed this. This is a good movie for you? Yes. You definitely a, watch it again. I would definitely watch it again. I yeah. actually want to watch it again so I could see all the other things I missed. 
I'm, I'm, this is like my third or fourth time watching it now. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> like I've seen it so many times. Um, I think it was on like Netflix for a while and then it's been on like other places for a while and it's bounced around for quite a while. And I just I always end up watching it and I was like, Oh, I'll just pop this in and watch a little bit, fall asleep. And then I'm like up the <laughs> whole like, fucking movie. You have to know what happened. Yeah. Like I, I really get into it and I actually kind of forgot a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie, which is weird after seeing it so many times. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge sucker for travel like time travel movies mm-hmm. yes you are especially when they are twisty and dark like this one and uh, and then uh, there's a, a quite a few actually dark time travel movies which are you know out there that you can watch right now and i'll list off a couple ones that you might want to check out if you're into these kind of things guys so grab your pens and paper and your decoder rings because we're gonna get wild <laughs> ptv style anyway <laughs> Uh, one of the, the movies that I always like that's like a dark time travel, probably one of the more complex ones is called Primer. That's a very indie. What the hell is that? It is probably the most complex time travel movie I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, there's another one that I can't remember that was dealing with photographs where they take Polaroids and they can tell the future. Mm-hmm. on a Polaroid before it happens. Oh. Something weird about that. I And when it develops, it's like the future. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember which one that is. But Doctor Strange. No, I'm just kidding. You got the butterfly effect, uh, which is, you know, oh. kind of a time travel movie in a, in a way. It's uh-huh. He's not like the same person. He, he is the same person at a different time and a different parallel oh, because okay. things keep changing and everything like that. So I like that. And even the sequels, which actually get a little bit more horror. Do they? Yeah, they do. Some of them, they're not great. I mean, the first right. one's the best, but uh, plus one, it's a more teen version of like parallel people like existing on the same plane. Still dark, pretty good. Plus mm. one, you've seen that with me. Have I? It's the kids at a party. They're having a party and then they like, things go back 15 minutes. Pretty cool movie. I don't remember. <laughs> Another <laughs> one cool. is Coherence, which is a really damn good one that goes even further. Little spotty acting at moments, but once you get into the story, it really doesn't even matter at that point because it's like such a cool idea and concept. So, uh, And then you have this one, Time Crimes. Which it's a it's a movie from Spain and it's one of the better dark time travel ones that I've seen. I've really enjoyed watching this one. The sheer amount of work that goes into the brain exercises that one would have to do with the amount of work with like how you would tell this tale and the way they did it with how it's all mixed up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just really cool. Yeah. You know, it's like got that memento sort of style. Everything's mm-hmm. kind of backwards, mm-hmm. like things unfold a different way than normal time travel. Memento was such a good movie. I forgot about that one. But it's, you know what I mean? Like everything is just, it's not a time travel movie, but it is, it's done in such a way that the way you have to write it. He said it took him like five years to write this. Really? Yeah. Well, I can understand that. Because it's so complex. Yeah, it really was. Um, not to mention the logistics of setting up cameras everywhere to capture the same takes mm-hmm. is pretty crazy and thoughtful, too. So yeah, the timing, there is some funniness to this, although it's not a comedy. It's dark. It's smart, a little gory and unique. It's not afraid to show some stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Not nothing like it. it's not a gore fest or anything like that. It's like watching a mystery unfold backwards, and it poses the question of which came first, the chicken or the egg, or in this case, the Hector or the time machine. As I saw in an interview, I was like, "Oh my god, they did the chicken and the egg thing with that." <laughs> and I had already written this, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, it, but in the movie, it is really hard to say which is happening first. Yeah, you really don't know. And yeah, and why? Certain things happen. Be careful, yeah. Don't say. Definitely a film that doesn't get nearly the love I think it should. Um, I think most people should be checking this out. It may not be straight up horror or anything like that, but I think it's incredibly appealing to people who like horror movies. And I think you will appreciate the concept of of this movie Mm -hmm. and enjoy its ride Um, because it kind of takes you takes you there, but like tricks you a lot of ways. Mm hmm. And like I said, it's not a lot of gore, but a little. So right, just a little. if you're into concepts, thrillers and time travel, this is definitely for you. It's nice to kind of break out of the mold a little bit of horror and kind of traipse on the outer tiers of fucking, you know, genre filmmaking. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we kind of get to do this this week because it's nice. It's nice to talk about stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, it's a nice little break or, you know. Yeah, because we've been, we've been hitting it hard with some like. Hitting it hard. Yeah, we've been fucking the shit out of these movies. <laughs> But I'd, be, I'd give this one an eight, too. And, uh, and I'll oh. come back to watch this again for sure, as it's been my third or fourth time right. watching it again anyway. So, I mean, right. it's got to get at least an eight. And I think, you know, it could have gone further. But on the budget that they had. Oh, they did great. It's great. Like, yeah. it's a really successful story. And uh, it makes me kind of want to watch Colossal and Extraterrestrial because uh-huh. uh, he's a good writer. Yeah, right. I think he's a good writer. And, uh, you know, it's good stuff so i would highly recommend checking it out by the way this one's on 2b tv so if you want to check it out it does have advertisements i think we had like five breaks in the whole movie it was good bathroom break check your phone like write notes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean it's free so what are you gonna do right so also i forgot to mention there was another movie called triangle which deals with time travel as well oh in the in the bermuda triangle Oh, what's that? I we we did a that. review of that with Mike and Patrick, I think. Uh-huh. Back in the day. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Pretty cool movie. Uh-huh. It's got a lot of gore and murder and shit. It's got like a horror thriller vibe. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah. So we're right on the money with each other. It's 888. 8088. Eight, well, it's eight. 888. And because of the average, it's eight. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have some trivia on this and uh, not a whole lot. And uh, we're not going to go through too much of the scenes here, so we won't drag you through it. I think it's just worth a watch. We'll pick out some moments that we think are cool or something like that. But if you don't want anything spoiled, highly recommend you go down to the timestamps below and check out at the end of the episode where we talk about what we're going to be reviewing for next week. So you guys know ahead of time or you can just check our social media, whatever. But uh, (laughs) if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So this, the director said when he got nominated for an Oscar for a short film that he did, Mm -hmm. he was like, I really need to push myself and like challenge myself and do a feature film. And he was like, this is the one. This is going to be the movie that I need to do it about. Mm -hmm. He's like, when 
you know, directors have like their 20 films or whatever that are made. The first one's always the one that's like, bang, like, what the fuck was that? Uh (laughs) Like the what the fuck movie or whatever. (laughs) And so he knew for sure that he wanted to push this one and and play a little bit more straight than uh, a lot of his other work, which was to be a little bit more silly. Uh Like I watched a... Like Puka? No, I well, yeah, that is too. But I mean, I'm talking before he... This is his first feature film. Right. I watched one of his shorts that was included on the DVD uh-huh. and it was like about this guy with uh, singing in a in a fucking cafe with a bunch of people who are hesitant to sing and scared uh-huh. and he's got a bomb strapped to his chest and he's like singing jovial like uh-huh. and um, goes outside and blows up with a bag of confetti and, <laughs> and then confetti hits everybody's faces when he goes outside like you know it's just silly you know he's like got this dark sense of humor and I love it uh-huh. um there was an English language remake that was originally planned to happen. With, really? Yeah. It was supposed to happen with United Artists. However, the project never came into fruition and it hit a deadline with no product. In 2011, huh. the project was moved to DreamWorks with Steve Zalian, who is the writer for Schindler's List, by the way. Weird. So he's a very, you know, classically trained writer. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was going to write and produce the film, which... In my mind, I'm like, does it really need an American remake? Yes, because Americans won't watch it because it has subtitles. Yeah, well, stupid. But I know. Uh, um, I understand people wanting to, but I mean, it would have to be really good. And then I found out who was going to direct it. Who's going to direct? Supposedly, at the time, they were saying David Cronenberg. Oh. Yeah, which I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> So what happened? You're fucking with my remakes in my head. (laughs) Why didn't it happen? Well, so I did some digging around. David Cronenberg addressed this rumor that it was because somehow it got out and it was like all over the place. But this is what he said. Time crimes. That was a strange thing. But that's what happens, I guess. They proposed it to me. I said no. And then suddenly it was on the net, like, I'm doing it. And I think the producer was so excited that I'd read it and look at their original movie that he started talking about it like it's happening. And then he was like, actually, I think it was the director of the Spanish version was responsible for saying, I'm doing it, but I I was never doing it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. But somebody asked him about what he thought about somebody doing a remake so soon mm-hmm. i mean he was like i'm just done with this movie now he's like i'm just on to ready to do other stuff because he's like right. i literally have been living with this for five years right trying to write this and cater it i'm done right it's like i don't want to do it anymore i'm happy that it's doing well right but after fucking living and breathing it for five fucking years i'm done with it yeah, i don't want to look at it ever it. again singers who sing the same songs over and over and over and then they refuse to sing you know their mm-hmm. songs i mean i totally get it one of the the, the, the people that was interviewing him kind of looked it seemed a, a little taken back by that and he didn't want to come off too strong but i totally understand because it's like yeah. when you've listened to like we create when we did our album our last album or whatever right we spent so much time on it and that was like a year and a half you know what i mean and like this right. guy did five years i'd right. be done with it too right Nacho Vigalondo also said that he credits the 2000 AD comic magazine as the biggest influence on time crimes, particularly the Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons one off called Chrono Cops from issue number 310 in 1983. Wow. So he said that was like a huge influence on him. It's so weird to me when I think about this. Like, how can anybody pinpoint their 
inspirations and stuff. Because I, I, I'm a firm believer that most people, yeah, they may be influenced by somebody. It's hard not to be. But how can you pinpoint it? Well, if something sticks with you, like since you were a kid or whatever. Right. Well, you can totally, I mean, like we did the website called longlivethevoid.com. Right. That's totally, I can pinpoint that that's inspiration from Long Live the New Flesh of right. Cronenberg's Videodrome. Right. But like... I don't know. Like I can if I was making a movie and I was just writing from the creative space as a writer, I would have a hard time just like kind of piecing it together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like figuring out where that stemmed from, you know, because like sometimes after a long while, you forget that you were inspired by something and you think that you even made it up sometimes. Right. Like when you're being creative, you don't realize that you borrowed that from somewhere else. And then people are like, oh, you stole that. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no. no, calm down. So some of the scenes on this movie, I guess we'll go into that now and just kind of like free talk about it. Um, older couple move, older couple moves into a new house in the middle of the countryside in the middle of nowhere, pretty much next to a facility of a time travel company. <laughs> apparently, it's like it's like the people who live next to CERN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're opening a portal into another dimension. Mandela effect. <laughs> It's kind of interesting stuff when you think about it, but I don't know how much I believe be, in it. That could be a whole other conversation. Well, I wasn't really into the whole Mandela effect thing because I there's been movies that I've thought about that I knew existed, but just nowhere did they exist. And it doesn't make sense. Like, Oh, batteries not included? Yeah, that's my Mandela. Like The Mandela effect, if you guys aren't familiar, is where they call it the Mandela effect because throughout history, everybody kept saying Mandela, Nelson Mandela died, kept saying it. And everybody's like, well, I thought he was already dead. Like, what the fuck? And this is before the internet, by the yeah, way. But in the, in, he, it's like he died in the 80s, but he died in like the late... What, he died in like the two. I don't know what day it was or anything of that shit, yeah, but I just I mean, know that a like lot of people were comparing decade. it. Yeah, it there was, was like a whole decade. It was like people kept saying he's dead, and it's like, uh, yeah, we knew that he's already been dead, and they're like, no, he just died, or no, I don't know. So people get confused on it, and they call it the Mandela effect because of that. But yeah, what was it? Batteries not included. I watched the first one. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch both of these tonight. I watched the first one. I was like, yeah, and I, I was like, I gotta find it online and rent it or something. I was like, bad still not included and i was like i even went to the store earlier that day i bought it that's what it was uh-huh because like, they didn't have the sequel and i remember going ah oh, they didn't have the sequel so i guess i'll just uh-huh. <laughs> watch this one and then i i watch it that night and then go looking for the other one and it didn't even exist right. so i don't know i don't know why how we you, got to this point but you didn't get the update yeah i didn't get the, the, didn't get the this Matrix universe's update, update. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway so these old couple move into this house next to a fucking time machine facility. It's the weekend, by the way, because that's where the character, the scientist is. He's there on the weekend. He's obsessed no with the project, there. doing like work on the project while nobody's there to see him because he's curious about it. Mm-hmm. And he's not supposed to be there. But the man, the older man, this is all before all of that. He sees like a woman undress in the forest, which with his binoculars and, of course, being the weird pervy guy that he is and curious what's going on, which I don't know if I'd want to walk out there and do. Right. Uh, but he goes out there and to investigate to find her laying there naked, knocked out and gets stabbed in the arm by a guy with like a pink bandana, like a pink uh, bandages. bandages on his head and scissors. And then he runs off and you see like 
This is where I noticed that I saw the ring on his finger. Oh, because that's why you asked. He used the hand to stab him mm-hmm. with the same hand of the scissors that your wedding ring would be on. Right. And then they even show his hand with the ring later, just after that. Right. And that was like a kind of a small wink. Yeah. But this movie doesn't, like, try to hide the fact that this is the same guy. Right. They don't. Like, they do for, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie or 20 minutes. It's, like, three parts. Right, because you don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. You just see some titties. (laughs) And then... then Some 80s titties. stabbed. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. Uh, But he runs off and smashes a rock through the neighbor's window. And I'm like, at first, I'm like, dude, you know, it's an emergency, man. But, like, find a door. Like, (laughs) you don't need to smash a window. They're knocking on some some doors or something. Well, now they're going to be able to get in, too. Like, that's immediately what I was thinking. Like, what are you doing? Hey, I'm here. Come get me. (laughs) But that the um, he ends up in the la- the laboratory of this tra- time travel place. You don't find that out at first, although there is a part where he's near the phone mm-hmm. and talking on it, and they show something about time travel on the computer uh-huh. that I didn't I recognize. Did, I didn't even catch that. Somebody pointed it out in some of the the information, but oh, but then he finds a walkie-talkie, talks to the scientist. The scientist tells him. You know, hey, come up here. I'll help you. You got to come up to the lab where the lab is. Follow mm-hmm. these lights. He's like, I can see the fucking pink bandage guy on the fucking the, the TV. And then he's, he's coming for you. You better run. You got to run. And then he runs up there, finally gets in. And he's like, hide in this tank. And I'm like, why is he hiding in this tank? And it's all water, like milky water. Yeah, he's like, weird. he'll never suspect you in here. And I would have been really suspect of that. Well, he was supposed to get in there, too. Remember? He's like, why aren't you getting in here? What's going on? He's like, I have to hit the thing from the outside. And then he goes in and then it opens up and it's daytime. And when it was nighttime, when he went in and he's like spitting up all this milk and the same guys, there, the same scientists, only he doesn't know him. Right. Like he knew him before. Or he's pretending. Or he's pretending. Yeah, because we find out later that he's not the first iteration of fucking Hector. There's two more. Right. And that's like the really cool thing that I like about this movie is that it's like there's different versions of Hector. There's like the dumb one that just stumbles upon all of this. The second one, which seems like a murderer. Well, he, and then the third one, who's like the, the plotting like genius. Right. The callous the, genius. He knows what's going on and everything that's going to happen. Right. Because he's already been through he's it. He's mastered time travel. You done? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to go through all the different things that happen, but there are some cool things that I, maybe you want to point I know out. You really have to see it to. It's hard to break down, but I like little things that they did, like like putting the ladder up against the house or his wife getting pulled off the fucking roof, and yeah, it, and it and wasn't he, his wife. It wasn't or, his wife. They ended up just, he. Hector three ended up disguising the girl. Three Hector emotions going on at that yeah. point. And it's like you feel bad for him. So it's like you have to go back in time and do all these things. 
Right. And like, how is he going to figure it out? And the scientist guy, I I was like, why doesn't he just, like, kill them all or something, you know? Like, instead he's, like, going along with it. And I liked how uh, during Hector 2, the scientist tried to hide the battery. So then they had to go through the whole process of, like, he knew he tried to hide the battery. Like, he, you could see the progression of Hector. Like, he knew what was going yeah, on. Yeah, that was, that was a really cool, like, moment where he was, like, he goes back to go back in time for the second time mm-hmm. gonna go back in time <laughs> <laughs> that's what we always see yeah. it's always back to the future that's like an inside joke with us yeah. i don't know why. <laughs> Uh, so he goes back to go back in time a second time. And then when he shows up, the guy's like, he's like, he's like, I can't, you can't go back in time. And he's like, what do you mean? You can't, I can't go back in time is. And then he notices one of the, the things is missing the fuses. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, how did you know that I was going to ask, ask you to go back in time? Mm-hmm. And that's when he realizes that there's a Hector three. Cause they name each one. He's like, I'm Hector two. Uh huh. You know, and he's like, and that's Hector three. So Hector three, like, is really twisty. I thought it was really a cool little thing there. Right, and it, it like worked out in the end. But like, my thing was like, it's just, it's just so, it's so like loopy. Like the whole thing when he runs into the the girl in the forest. Right. It's like, and you know, he only made her take her top off because that's what he originally saw so it's just it's just weird yeah i thought it was like it's kind of crazy that like he was making this girl do all this weird shit right but in the same regards the whole thing is fueled by the fact that if he doesn't do the exact same thing that he never knew he was doing right the way that it was supposed to be then he wouldn't exist right so he was like losing his mind doing dumb shit that he didn't understand why it was happening because the he's seeing the future right and he doesn't understand why it's happening and unfolding the way it is and the way that they do it i'm really i was really impressed with that really it's it very was. cool like how he hit the car he was him hitting himself yeah, with the and car i didn't even realize it was him hitting the car until they actually showed it because you you forget that he he got to a car accident right and then yeah. the, the the van drove off but then you find out later in the third hector that he actually crashed right and then he falls out and ends like talking on the walkie talkie again and then he runs into the girl in the forest because she screams and when she's when she screamed with hector number two you thought it was because right she but no it was because he she ran into hector three right (laughs) and he's like and it's funny because like she's scared of hector two but it's the same person but she doesn't know. And she doesn't know because he has the bandages bandage, on his face. Yeah. But then when she runs into Hector 3, they're like buddies. So it's like this really interesting like mental dynamic that's going on. Yeah. And then Hector 3 knew to lure her to his house because that way she could pose for the wife. Right. And this whole happenstance thing that yeah. turns into. I love the fact that the very end, I thought it was cool. It's a little abrupt and kind of like whatever, but it's like. She's like being chased in the house by himself. Right. <laughs> and she's scared. She's like, someone jumped over the fence. I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. He's like, don't worry. I've got it. Seriously. <laughs> it's cool. And then they, then he sets up lawn chairs outside, cuts the girl's hair to make her, puts on his wife's jacket. He's like, we got to trick him. Right. And she's like, what do you mean we got to trick him? And she it's just kind of goes along with it. Right. He pulls on her leg. She falls, snaps her neck and thinks it's her so that he can go back and be three right when it happens and like that's how he stops it and his wife's like here's the scream and wants to get up he's like nah don't worry about it 
It's fine. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, even though he beats time at the very end, like, mm-hmm. and he does that. Yeah, he does. Which is his weird. handprints are over everything. So the deaths, the death of that woman, it's going to be him the whole time. Oh, so he might get. Well, what if she broke in and she fell? I mean, it's possible, you know? but it, I, I his hands are going to be on the scissors. His hands are, yeah, but you know, I mean, she was, by the there. way, she was a hairstylist in the movie. That's why she was riding her bike. That was the backstory. Oh, I thought she had scissors because she had a whole, like, first aid kit. No, it was because she was a She's hairstylist. She's a hairstylist? That's, okay, that's, that's weird. But okay. Yeah, they didn't tell you that, but that's, it's, she was going to cut a client's hair. Well, she should have cut her own hair to dye that. Well, she shouldn't have been riding up there in the first place. <laughs> right. If people are doing time travel, like, you just don't stay around that. No. Okay. No, I'm sure I people around CERN are. But definitely, doing that. wouldn't he get in trouble though? I don't know. I guess not. No, I'm saying at the end of the movie they cut it off, but like, is everything settled? But now he's got to deal with the debris of how all the officers are going to come and like research well, what the what fuck if, happened. What if the scientist comes around and can vouch for it? Because somebody broke into his facility. So the whoever killed it just got away. Because they didn't really tell you what happens to the scientist guy at that point. Right. Other than he has to go back. Right. And that's it. Back in time. (laughs) 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 Anyway, what did you guys think? Did you enjoy the twists and stuff like that? Obviously, you saw it. I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think of these two movies, actually. Um, It's always nice. To hear what you guys think about these movies when we watch them and or everything. I know not every movie's for everyone and some people just like to listen to the spoiler free section, but you're missing out if you're if you're Yeah, you really should You should watch these with us. I mean, we don't always know if they're gonna be good or not, so yeah, you you do take the risk. It ain't no killer crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These were actually pretty solid films. So I, we, we're going to be talking about some new movies next week, and we haven't exactly figured that out yet, or have we? Have we? We were dabbling with doing some trauma movies, but we're also thinking about doing something from a pile that we got. We got some new Vinegar Syndrome movies in. Um, do you want to go grab them and see? We got a bunch of stuff. They're old. Some of them are old. They're like 80s. So it's like trauma, 80s. I don't know. Christina's going to get the movies right now. So we'll see what uh, what she thinks. So we're going to go back to the 80s again because I can't get out. Yeah, (laughs) I can't get out of it. I'm sorry. But we just got these new Vinegar Syndrome movies in and I got Bloodbeat and Night Train to Terror, which I think you can watch both of these on Amazon Prime. I'm not 100% sure. I'll check and make sure. But... You know, we'll put that up on the Thursday or Friday then when we let you guys know. But one of them is about a killer samurai, ghost samurai or some shit like that. And another one is Night Train to Terror, which is just off the wall, fucking insane. Uh, a basic rock band gives their final performance on a hellbound trip into the outer reaches of horror. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> you just can't hide it, Christina. <laughs> Well, I hope you guys are excited for that. Thank you guys so much for coming by this week. And we will be back for a brand new episode next week. And as always, long live the voice. So...